everyone. Welcome to the Mind Over Matter radio show. I'm your host for today, Anna Sinsky, and I'm here with Trubisky, the founder of Mind Over Matter. Hello, yes, know. I am here. And our amazing guest for today, Vicente. So, uh, in this show, we basically discuss poetry and the arts and mental health, how these two link together, the link between creativity and mental health. Um, we talked a lot about that in our first radio show as well. And today, we're starting off with guests. And we have a lot of wonderful questions for our amazing guest. So, the guest today is one of my closest friends, um, whom I actually met in a queue. So it's probably the most <laughs> random story of meeting anyone. And actually, it's a really funny story of how I met Vicente, um, because I was standing in a queue, and then he said, hello, I'm doing research on queues. Do you want to answer <laughs> some questions? <laughs> and I was like, what? Research on queues? What the hell is that? <laughs> and then he asked me some questions. Um, and then we just became friends. So it was very, very random, but it w it's, I think, an amazing way to meet someone. So talk to people in queues, guys. I love that. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and Vicente is a theater maker, an artist. He does so many wonderful things. He did a lot of different plays, but he's also a poet. He sings, he plays the guitar. He's just a multi-talented artist. <laughs> I'm just a lot talented, that's why I do a lot of things, and to find myself. <laughs> mm. I think actually a really interesting thing, before we came on today, uh, I was talking to Vicente, and he said that in preparation for this show, he was looking at all the things he's done artistically to try and define who he is, because obviously one of the first questions was going to be like, oh, can you introduce yourself? And you were like, oh, well I was trying to look at all the things I've done to yeah. think about who I am. I thought that was such an interesting thought, defining yourself through your art. <laughs> Former theatre maker and writer, and yeah, I mean, I think what I do is kind of like the work that I do sits between kind of like two worlds: mm. uh, yeah. the real world and the subjective, the subconscious, mm -hmm. um, the world of the mind, let's say. And I guess that I work a lot on how to physicalize that um, that world that we don't see. That's that's what I um, kind of like arrived through all the process of this week, trying to think of what I do and what are the commonalities of my work. And it was that every every piece that I've done, uh, e even if it was a musical, even if it was just a piece of writing or a novel or whatever, it was always two worlds. Yeah. So like a common theme in your work, you yeah. say, would be like a duality. Yeah, mm -hmm. completely. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and characters that are lost in that duality real or not and trying to find themselves in those two realms mm. yeah that's a very interesting theme to work with mm. yeah. i mean there's always something uncanny about it something uh, weird which i love um so there's something always off in reality that mm. kind of like brings back bring us back to to that world of the ideas world of consciousness yeah and so, and I think we need to travel to that world in, in, in order to find who we are and how do we experience ourselves in life, right? So that's what I'm really, really interested in. Mm, yeah. I'm, 
wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about how you became a theater maker, how you became an artist, and how you kind of found yourself in that world. Because you do a lot of very different things, mm -hmm. um, and you're very talented in so many different ways. <laughs> but I wonder how, how that started for you. So how did you actually start that journey to be an artist? I think since I was little, uh, I started drawing when I was eight years old and then started writing when I was probably 11. And I don't know why, I found it um, very helpful and something that, I don't know, helped me kind of like going through my teenage years um, in which I was a really social awkward uh, boy. So I would tend to be at home writing and creating things. So I think that creating things um, could have been, you know, um, a writing or a drawing or uh, playing around, but it was always that word create for me. And then I, I mean, then I studied drama um, and musical, so musical theatre, um, which was really fun, but it was more out there. It was kind of like um, more embodied. Um, and then later on, when I came here to the UK, I started doing more uh, writing again. I found it really difficult to find, um, you know, roles and stuff. So I had to come back. I would, in, in a way, I had to come back to, you know, creating on my own, creating stories for people who are also looking for stories, yeah, to play and to, you know, to listen to. So obviously, you were always doing a lot of very different creative things. I wonder what brought you to that world of theater and drama as like your base. That's a really good question because I think it was I couldn't I can't really explain it um, I remember that I started doing theatre when I was 14 and it was just because my teacher was asking around who would like to do theatre because they didn't have a theatre group in, in my high school and they wanted to do it that year they wanted to come back to having a, a theatre group and I said yes I want to do it Right now, I'm not really sure why I said yes. I don't know if it was because there was a there was somebody in the group that I might be I might that I might have been like interested in, and maybe I was like, oh, I want to like hang out with those people or something. Yeah. But, uh, Some external <laughs> motivation. Exactly. But I think it was just because I wanted to do something special as well, and like something to you know uh, to enjoy my days in high school because it was really you know flat in a way. After before before I started doing theatre. And after that, I just, I really loved it. So I haven't stopped doing it since I was 14, yeah. Do you find that it helps you express yourself? Definitely, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And it, it helps you doing something that is really unique, and it's that you, you embody things in your body. So your mind and your body work together, and you're uh, expressing yourself through theatre, it really is that is 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 the concentration is the focus on something beyond you is greater than you you know the fact that you're doing something with a lot of people and you are physicalizing emotions i think that's kind of similar to the idea of mind over matter really right it's something like bigger than you and obviously like we focus on spoken word events and poetry events where we try to express our feelings but also have this community which kind of reminds me of exactly yeah. what you're talking about now. It's something greater than you. It's like having a sense of purpose almost. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Like, 
like a lot of people know where Mind of a Matter came from, but it came from me getting sober after 20 years of addiction, which came from a lot of grief and a lot of loss early on in life. And I just put it on as a one-off event, just to see if, just to give me a target to stay sober. Yeah. Um, and it grew from there. Like, I had no intention of going any further with it. But I've, I've, like you, I've always written since a young age, since I was 16. Like nothing, I didn't really start doing anything properly until I was in my 30s, mm-hmm. like performing and stuff like that. But it's always, like you said, it's always been there, the creativity, I had to create something to understand my emotion. Because the environment I grew up in, you weren't really allowed to have emotions. You know what I mean? It was like, fight someone, drink, do some drugs, you're a man, that sort of thing. So when I put my Never Matter on, the way it, people connected with it, even to this day we do events and it still blows my mind, like how, how the community has grown and everyone we've worked with from f- throughout the UK and uh, did an event in Australia um, last year and people there connected with it the same way they do here. So it's, it's literally like, it sort of grew past me, like yeah. it's something a lot bigger than me. Exactly, and I think just like the theater kind of incorporates so many different elements of creativity and things, same with Mind Over Matter. It incorporates so many different moving parts that move together to create this community. Yeah. You also mentioned that you uh, started writing a bit more, Vicente, when you moved to London. Why do you think that was? I think it was because of the language as well. I couldn't express myself as well as I do in Spanish. And when I got here, I guess the, f- the two first years, I was trying to be an actor here, but it was impossible. Uh, not just because of the accent, but also because of the, uh, you know, I couldn't really express what I wanted to say. So I started writing in Spanish. I started writing um, movement, and I started writing images instead of What do you writing. mean writing movement? So writing situations, writing things that don't need to be spoken of. So it was, it was just like situations, imagery, instead of uh, writing in English. Mm. Um, and I kind of like developed that because I was unable to find a place within the industry at that point. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you found a sense of belonging through that, like returning to yourself in Definitely. a way, kind of returning to this very basic part of yourself? Definitely. <coughs> and, you know, when I was studying drama, I, I thought that I wanted to be an actor, and that was it. You know, I wanted to become, you know, something that I didn't even know what it was. But then, coming back here in London, I kind of, like, low, um, I was just, like, lying low, and I remember that I thought, you know, what I re- would really, really enjoy is creating, and that it is what you love, having ideas and really putting them out there and connecting with other people. Um, yeah. You know, this really reminds me of a podcast that I listened to this week, actually, where they talked about a sense of purpose and how when we focus on one specific thing to define our purpose, for example, being an actor, we tend to be very unhappy and very often it's kind of like unreachable or like it's never enough. You know, it's like never good enough for me if I have this one specific thing that defines my purpose. But if we broaden that and think about what is it that I actually enjoy, like creating, we can then broaden that to so many different activities and that can give us a bigger sense of purpose, I think. Yeah. Kind of really reminds me of what you're saying now, that you thought you wanted to be an actor, but then you thought, okay, what do I actually really love doing? Exactly. And it was more about creating that than that one specific thing. Yeah. And I think art is about that, it's about understanding yourself by doing, you know? Um, you can do a lot of things, but there's always an essence in each one. 
do. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. <coughs> I I definitely think that art helps you understand yourself. Very often when I write poetry, I surprise myself <laughs> in <laughs> what comes out of it. It's as if like the deeper I write, the more I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, this is what I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. I have the same thing. I was writing a poem probably about a year ago now. And while I was writing it, I wrote something. I was like, wow, I should probably go and get some therapy. Because like things come up from the subconscious. Yeah. And it's, you, that's, you really do it. Like this whole um, debate about writing as therapy and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Not that I really see it as a debate, because writing just is therapy. Um, yeah, it's, it it is powerful because I've learned so much about myself in the past three years since starting that and starting writing properly. Mm-hmm. It's powerful, man. Yeah. I wonder, uh, Vicente, do you feel like you learn different things about yourself? through creating different kinds of things. So for example, you learn different things through music, different things through drama, different things through writing. Definitely, yes. I'd say that they're different things, right? Like um, they they have different places in your body and your brain. Um, and they also have different connections with other people. So maybe music, uh, you will connect with different people as you do when you write or when you dance or when you, uh, as an actor, um, you know, playing a character. Um, so they different circles of um, of understanding, of n- getting to know it, uh, yourself and each other. Um, and, and yeah, maybe even like, like I studied dancing, for example, and I'm not really good at dancing. Like I can move better than I moved, of course. But um, uh, that made me learn a lot about how my body works and understanding the connections between mind and body, what I want and what I'm showing mm-hmm. with my uh, uh, physical expression as well. Um, so, yeah. Do you feel like that also gives you an understanding of emotions in the body? Definitely, 100%. And that's something that I've been working on um, for the past two years since I studied the Masters. And it's like yeah. intentionality within your body, not just your mind. Y- you want something in your mind but are you showing that in your body, in your physical expression? And uh, the contrary as well. So so are you um, showing with your body what you want in your mind? Because I think people can see that from the outside. Yeah. They can notice, they can perceive if you are, your your whole body and mind are working together towards something. That's very true. I remember once I performed a spoken word piece and it was a very like sad and emotional piece but I was very confident in my body because it Mm. was about something so far from the past. And Mm -hmm. I remember someone came up to me and they said, you know, it was really weird. It's like your words just did not match your body. (laughs) And I was like, interesting. And then I thought about it and I was like, that is actually really true. (laughs) And it would be interesting (laughs) to know why did you choose that physicality? Yeah. It would be nice to know where it came from in a way. Mm. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to analyze that more in depth, <laughs> but it's a really good question. <laughs> you can film yourself next time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, obviously like body awareness is something you need to also be aware of and, and spoken word as well when you perform. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I've got a lot of sad poems, <coughs> but um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I know when I perform that I always swing my hips Yeah. for some <laughs> reason. Like, l- so many people have said that to me. I've come off stage. Like, what do you think that means about you? <laughs> I don't know. I want to be Elvis. I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean about that whole, you know, the body language is 
sometimes it doesn't match because like like you said a lot of the stuff is so long ago for me yeah that i don't really feel that's why i don't perform a lot of those poems nowadays because but then again i guess it's kind of like what is the purpose of their performance i guess it's to show these feelings so i guess and it's also it. for the audience i think yeah. like because without fail every time like i'm sure other people experience this too that someone someone even if it's one person will come up to you because everyone's grieving in some sort of way do you know what i mean yeah, With, without fail someone will say just like thank you I'm going through the same thing or I've been through that even if it's one person man yeah I think that's really cool yeah it makes a makes a very big difference do you find that motivating when people relate to your work do you feel like that's a motivating factor for you in your creativity process when people kind of say yeah you know what I went through the same thing or I really relate to that oh my god and even as an actor as well I feel like there were times when people would come up to me at the end of the performance and being like, um, like even like with tears in their eyes, being like, oh my God, what you just did, like it really got into me, you know? And that was so powerful. I didn't know what to say and that it was the most beautiful thing. Um, Cause I think one of my goals in life as a mission is really uh, transmit something, you know? Yeah. Uh, get, not, not just to get to know somebody or like uh, for them to understand me but it's in a deeper level it's in yeah. that subconscious level of I don't know what's going on I can't explain it but there's an emotion that really s uh, that I could really experience and it's about experiencing uh, yeah. someone else's uh, emotions and that's what really creates a connection between us as people I yeah. think you know being able to relate on that level mm -hmm. on that emotional level mm -hmm. yeah Definitely, because I think that is that 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 is where the true self, you know, is, yeah. in that kind of like emotional uh, realm that we don't really know. It's, there's something about that that really baffles me. And the other day I was talking about these new, even like new emotions that you sometimes feel. You yeah. know, um, got this friend that told me that she felt something new. <laughs> one mm. once and she didn't know what it was it was between happiness and she was kind of like crying but it was she was really happy and she didn't know how to describe that feeling but it there was it was a very very large emotion and yeah i think that's where art comes in so handy where we don't know what we're feeling or we don't know how to express it and mm -hmm. then we kind of have this more abstract way of being like yeah. this is how i feel exactly yeah very true mm. Okay, so we're going to go back to this conversation in a little bit, but now we're going to have a short music break where we're going to play some of the tracks that you guys sent to us. So thank you so much for sending them through. Coming up, we have music from Flo Curtain, Shakti Nem, and Mr. Malizi. Enjoy.
reasons why They used to go and pass me by Set aside the shadows so I could let the sunlight glow Take it slow and you'll pass by Can't get no true love for your pound. Can't get no true love for your pound. Appreciate the land 
Hell, baby, but I never felt this before. Like somebody tore out my heart and threw it down on the floor. I dangle and fall. We were entangled before. Now there's emptiness in my chest. I cannot stand or ignore. Kept awake in the dark, thinking candlelit force. A couple tears on my pillow, regret and remorse. We met and we paused. But that time in between was like a dream. He was my angel, babe, I mean it. I'm feeling, I need to cure my demons, I was succeeding. I can't believe we parted company with you leaving. And you believing I was capable of cheating after reading that text. That freaking text was misleading and it's nuts, really. No excuse or an alibi. I can't explain, I was way more than satisfied. You made all those sacrifices. When your mum and dad was uncompromising, you stayed and I was priceless. They hated all my vices. Plus the fact that I'd been wild in my past and I'm ashamed of that. Matter of fact, karma came around, broke my heart and freaking paid me back. I hated that. Revenge had an arrow, pulled the bow and it was aiming at me. I'm aching actually, and most of all it's cut me up and that's what's made me angry. But it ain't about me. No, it ain't about me. I sacrificed my lioness for nothing, now she's gone without me. Overnight, regardless of plush hotels, but the part that was right that was for half of my life. I've been waiting for my best friend. We took off and just glided. And times were the best when we danced where the tide is. Wave after wave and always lifting. Now day after day we're just drifting. Slowly, I almost fell back into being the old me. Spiteful on the phone, playing the victim like you old me. And I can only blame myself. Can't blame it on the alcohol. Head spinning round, thinking how can I live without you? Though with part of me was poison, all of you was antidote. I knew you was avoiding me, cause all I heard was answer phone. Hello? 
It's heartbreaking, cause half of you is beautiful, the other half's amazing And it's hard to explain how much I miss you when it's raining We used to stay in, making plans towards the same thing Dreaming, eating ice cream, thinking of the nice things we'd do Before I went and left it up and you turned ice cream From a princess, I fully felt blessed when we first met You came to my house and fell asleep on my chest You and me are silhouettes, my heart coloured in red I said I love you 54 times a million percent But things were brilliant then, I'd never felt so intense Now we talk but I can't handle being just friends show on this gorgeous Sunday. I'm Anna Sinski, your host for today, and I'm here with Fisky. Yay, yay. And Vicente. Hi. So, uh, going back to our conversation, I thought it would be really good to start with, maybe you could tell us, Vicente, about mm -hmm. the different chapters of your life, because I know that you lived in a lot of different countries. Um, you lived all over the place, and <laughs> you did a lot of interesting things. So, it would be nice if you could walk us through your story of how you ended up in all these places. Yeah, so I was raised in, in the south of Spain, in Cordoba, and I, like all my high school years, until I decided to study drama, and I went to Malaga, which is at the very south, um, and I studied there, and I stayed there for five years uh, in Malaga studying. Um, and then I decided um, to come to the UK to continue my, my education. Um, so I, I think I, I was london for two and a half years or so when i got an agent and i got an opportunity to um, uh, go as a performer in an international uh, company that was doing um, like musical theater shows in in the caribbean mm -hmm. so i traveled to canada and um, it, i mean that was very exciting um to be in canada because i really wanted to go there and i was like oh my god yeah so i stayed there for two months where we rehearsed uh, the shows, and then we went to um, uh, Turks and Caicos Islands mm -hmm. to do the shows. But we were a bit unlucky because uh, we were hit by the hurricanes, Irma, oh yeah, Irma and Maria. By that time, three years ago, I think it was, and so we had to move around quite a lot during that time. Um, so, what what kinds of shows were these in the Caribbean? Was it like in hotels or? It was like a really big resort, um, and then uh, they had like a, a, a theater, an out outdoors theater, and it was really nice actually. Um, and then we went to Jamaica. We did the same thing. The same company. Um, they also had a, a really large theater, and we used to do these um, musical theater shows. It were family shows, um, and. Yeah, and then I came back to London, and a week later, I booked another uh, contract in China as a facilitator, as a teacher. And it was the first time that I had the opportunity to teach um, abroad as well, in like such a lar large contract. It was six months in China. And it was such an interesting challenge for me because I had to teach um, uh, kids that only spoke um, Chinese and very little English so 
Um, I learned a lot. What did you teach them? Uh, performing, performing arts, um, mainly drama, um, but also uh, singing and dance. Um, yeah. And after that, I came back to London uh, to study my masters in advanced theatre practice. And yeah, that that's kind of like my journey. And then after that, I've been like, um, kind of like um, doing a lot of uh, research, practice as research. So all of my practice, all of the work, uh, all the works I, I've done, kind of like um, theorizing and linking them with uh, um, philosophy, psychology, uh, science, to kind of like working on that interdisciplinary um, uh, practice. I wonder how you decide, how you made the decision to study that master's degree. Wh what was it, in theater? Advanced uh, theater practice. Yeah, mm -hmm. in London. So after that teaching experience, mm -hmm. what inspired you to pursue a master's degree? Because I think it's quite rare, I think, for artists and performance artists to pursue a master's degree in that. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think it comes from the first time I came to London that my intention was to study here. Um, I studied a few short courses and stuff, but I never really studied a master's. That that was what I wanted. And so when I was in China, then I kind of like came back to that thought of, oh, I should probably study a master's. And I was like, at the time I was 27, I think, or 26. And I was like, I should do it now because I don't want to like do a master's that, I that involves, you know, um, physical work. Um, so late, so I, I was like, I'm gonna do it and stuff. And then I discovered that actually a lot of artists go into masters and into all the kind of like long courses um, because they, in a way, I think they want to um, find themselves again. Um, you know, I started uh, when I was 20, 22 years old, and then a lot has happened. You know, my my practice. Definitely. Yeah. So you want to kind of like find yourself again, re-address what you really like, and, um, yeah. I wonder how you feel studying these things mm -hmm. at, like, a really big and very famous university in London, right? What was it? Uh, Central, so Royal Central School of Speech yeah. and Drama. Yeah. I wonder how you feel that has informed your practice. Do you feel like that has influenced the way you create? Yeah, 100%. I think uh, the pieces that I that I worked on beforehand were coming from, yeah, well, they were coming from some somewhere deeper in me and something that I wanted to express. But once I got into university, I found that, you know, you had to write essays about it. So you had to, in a way, make it a bit more academic. Um, so I, I read a lot of books and I discovered that um, you know, there were people out there talking about the practices of other performers and companies, and I really found that that was really interesting. You know, um, how you theorize about something so practical and some and, and so live, which is theatre and live performance. And yeah. So that kind of like shifted the way I see my practice as well, because now I research every time I have an idea. I research. I theorize in a way, and then I come back and I can talk about my practice from another point of view. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very different way of creating as well, rather than just 
creating from that deeper place. Yeah. So you can actually, yeah, you can understand where it comes from, mm. you know, where, where your ideas come from, where are the links between them, what are the associations that you're making, where are your influences, what kind of theatre are you really doing, you know, because there, there are words for that, you know what I mean? It's not just theatre, but it's physical theatre or live performance or visual arts or what are you really doing, and, you know, and there are a lot of people out there also doing things that you might consider you know that are in the same in the same how you say like ground as mm -hmm. you as your theater is as your as your work is even in poetry i guess that you know you've got people writing different types of, of poetry i mean there's a lot of uh, poetry out there um so you really want to know your your, your stuff you really want to know not just write but also what kind of poetry am i writing where's my place like a way of finding where you belong, you know? Yeah. That's definitely a very interesting way of thinking about it, finding belonging through naming what you're creating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I wonder also how you feel that traveling so much in between all these places has influenced your creativity. Well, I, I would come back to the thing I told you about at the beginning of the two worlds, yeah? The world that is real and the world that is kind of like subconscious and stuff. And I feel like in every travel that I've made, I feel like there was a lot about subconsciousness. Because, you know, when when I was in these places, um, it felt like it was a dream in a way. Because some cultures, for example, in China, is, is quite different. And you're just so um, fascinated by it that I was kind of like daydreaming all the time, like, oh my God, like, what is this? What is that, you know? Um, the way they speak as well, the fact that in China, for example, I couldn't understand, like I was trying really hard to learn Chinese um, and that's something that I really want to do. Um, but yeah, so it plays with the sensorial part of you, you know, to that subconscious of the subtext of the scenes or the situations that you can see there, right? So, I'd say that I had to be more sensorial than I was when I was, for example, in Spain. Especially if you didn't speak the language. Exactly. All you have is your senses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it happens also here in, in the UK. When I came here, all your senses kind of like heighten because you can't express yourself as well as another person. So, you really need to heighten your senses and know what other people are trying to say. Um, you know, because sometimes you don't understand and it was like, oh, but, you know, you have to listen to other things. Not not the voice, not what they're saying, but to other things. You know what? I always have that problem when talking to Fisky. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't understand him half the time. I and do I'm just not like, mumble. Hang on. Wait, what are you saying? I just have to pay attention to my other senses. <laughs> it happened earlier today, didn't it? Yeah. I don't think I mumble at all. <laughs> just a little bit, just sometimes. <laughs> So I definitely got, get what you told. mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think in the next part of our show, I'd like to move the conversation a little bit to mental health and how it relates to creativity, how mm -hmm. it relates to your life. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your experiences with mental health and your struggles with mental health. The funny thing is that when I was thinking about um, mental health in my life, sometimes you don't know that it was there first place yeah where does it come from you know 
and and you kind of like and I do this exercise a lot and it's kind of like coming back in kind of like in come back to my memories and I really relive them in a way and I understand and I kind of like sense as well what I was sensing there in that time and I feel like there was something that happened to me at some point in my childhood and I became really shy and I wasn't shy at all my family had to actually tell me <laughs> tell me off all the time because I was so out there and I was such a clown and they were like stop it stop it so I feel like somehow I became more shy I became very very self-conscious and that killed me you know I became very self-conscious and instead of um being more active and doing more instead of thinking as I, I was thinking, I was overthinking and stuff. And I think he started there. Although, yeah, although that helped me a lot developing my writing, you know, because mm. I was mo more observant. Um, I was more delicate with the words that I put there. I think like, a lot of people could relate to that because I think that happens to, to everyone in a way. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think there's, there's a point where you do change and I think it's got a lot to do with the world we live in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when you're a kid, you're just you're just a kid and you don't care. Kids yeah. are honest, they just do what they want. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But then you, you get to a certain age yeah. and you're told you have to do this and you can't wear that and you can't eat this and you can't do that. Mm. So societal like, expectations come in. <laughs> yeah. Like I really do think that has a lot to do with it. I think the world yeah. has a lot to answer for when it comes to mental health. Yeah. I mean we change definitely. We change to adapt ourselves. Mm. Do you know? Um and yeah, when I was probably 24, I think, I was living in the UK already. And I, I, I was very, uh, you know, I was a very stressful person already since I finished my drama school. I was, and I, f and I think it was when I finished my drama school, I, there was a time I was really depressed. I didn't know where to go. Um, like somebody sucked all my energy and my positivity, you know? And that's how I decided to come to the UK and, and see if that was the uh, the, the, the solving, you know, mm. miracle thing that I could do. And then after that, um, like four years ago, I had severe anxiety and I started having panic attacks and I had panic attacks for like four months um, and I couldn't control them. And I was kind of like learning how to control those impulses, those um, mind wanderings. Um, so, and that really affected me and affected the way I saw who I was and what I wanted, you know. Hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned changing your environment when you first encountered a, a for like a depressive episode. Do you feel like that changed something in your mental health when you moved, when you got depressed? Like, yeah. was it like a push and then it actually changed something? Hmm. I really, I honestly think that the environment plays a very um, important part in how you feel. The energy that surrounds you, you know, the people you hang out with, um, the busy you are, kind of thing like that. How um, are you doing what you want and are you occupying your time with doing instead of thinking? Um, and so, you know, sometimes I feel like I was escaping. Mm -hmm. But I think that I needed it. I needed to change. And I needed a change of environment. I needed to uh, be motivated again and feel energized, you know. Um, and I, I keep 
doing that, I keep finding people that really give me the, the energy, you know, the, the motivation that really uh, kind of like pulls, pulls, pulls you out of the darkness. Exactly. Yeah. But not just that, but pulls who you are really from your chest, kind of like it pulls you out and you're, sp you're sparkling again, you know. That's, <laughs> that's so important, man. Like it really Definitely. is. Like I experienced that when I, because before starting Mind of a Matter, I, if you had told me four years ago that I'd be running a uh, poetry event and doing all this stuff, I wouldn't have believed you. But it was when I found the spoken word scene for the first time since I was, I don't know, 12 maybe, I felt like I could be myself and I was accepted yeah. for who I was. Yeah. Because there was a lot of times when I was working in a big company and, and, and just like, I don't want to say people I grew up with, but just the environment I grew up with that, you couldn't 100% be yourself, partly because just the environment. And then when it comes to like um, working and, and being professional and all that sort of stuff, I find it really unnatural. Like professionalism for me personally, I think it has a lot to answer for because it's asking you to be someone you're not and like to a certain extent. And people said to me after I left my job, they were like, you seem really different. Like you can actually... You feel, I feel like you're being yourself. I feel like when you was working with us, you couldn't 100% be yourself. And that's when it really clicked. And I was like, it's so, like big businesses serve a purpose, right? But they're not good for mental health because it's so, it's so unnatural to act and behave and talk the way that you're, that you're made to in those environments, I find. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way in big companies. And sometimes I think also it takes a while to find your people. Mm. I think, you know, it, it takes a while to find your community, but also the kinds of friends you want to surround yourself with. And sometimes for me, I think it's been difficult to accept that sometimes you also outgrow certain communities and certain people. And sometimes you also have to distance yourself <laughs> from certain friendships yeah. because they bring out the worst in you. It's, it's hard, especially when I got sober um, the first time. It was like the phone calls stop, the invites stop. Like you don't communicate in WhatsApp groups as much as you used to. Because and I found it was because I wasn't doing that anymore. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't going out. And it's difficult, man, because they're still my friends. Do you know what I mean? I still miss them. But and when you're surrounded, literally, you're surrounded by them every single day. Then all of a sudden, you leave, and they're not there anymore. Like that's yeah. I think that's also a big a motivator for a lot of people to actually continue with their addictions you know because yeah, they don't want to lose certain friendships Completely. yeah that's why s that's partly why i fell off the wagon like the first time so i was just like i miss everyone <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's i hard. feel like um even family sometimes i feel that they create that bad energy yeah toxic energy and even though you love them because you love them but then it's like i love you but we need space we need a distance because mm. um you know, without them wanting to, they create that bad energy that is bad for you. And maybe it's because you not, um, you know, they're not com com comprehending who you are. Uh, well, they have a picture of you in their head and you don't match that picture anymore. That's what I find. Yeah, it's the whole like outgrowing process. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like you need to update the picture because that's exactly. not me anymore. Yeah. So before we go into our second music break, I thought it would be interesting if we maybe all shared something that we feel really influences our mental health. So we said the environment is like a really important thing. What else do you guys think is like a, another big factor? So the environment is one, but what else do you feel is a big factor that influences your mental health? 
influences negatively or positively? Um, either way, like so for example, environment, like being in a positive environment would be positive, but like negative would be negative, right? But the environment. Um, I f yeah, it, well, when it, uh, from my experience, especially with addiction, environment is 95% of it. Th okay. This yeah. is, that's why rehab centers exist, is to take people out of their situation, out of society, go and put them in a, on a farm in the middle of nowhere so they can concentrate, mm -hmm. um, learn new techniques, and then be integrated back into society, mm. right? So I think, in regards to addiction, environment okay. is yeah. 95, 90, 95 percent of it. Yeah, I think for me, social media would be another big factor. What I choose to watch and how much time I choose to spend on social media, I find that that genuinely has an impact on me, especially with body image and related things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same as well. Uh, but again, it's kind of like environment at the same time, isn't it? True. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. So I guess another factor, if we go away from the environmental stuff, I think the weather is a very common one for people. Yes, the weather. Oh my God, yes. We, ha we had this conversation a little we while exactly ago. Exactly, with Fisky. What was it I asked you? So Fisky was like, oh, so if, I, if I'm happier in <laughs> fall, like in autumn, and sadder in the summer, and like more depressed in the summer, then like, is that like an opposite of, of seasonal affective disorder? And so I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what seasonal affective disorder but, uh, is. Uh, the only time I've ever heard that term is like when people get sad in the winter. So I was like, yeah. I get sad in the summer. I hate the summer. Wow. Yeah. I don't like it. I'd rather stay at home and have cold showers. I don't want to be outside in central London, sweating with no swimming pool. If you put me in a, in like Spain or somewhere, we've yeah. got a swimming pool. It's cool, but I don't want to be in central London sweating with millions of people around me. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I get that definitely, yeah. and I think a lot of people get that. You know, summer depression. <laughs> it can yeah. work either like way. I genuinely just I feel happier when it's a bit grey and drizzly me and too. dark outside. I love grey weather. Do you? I I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're Spanish. <laughs> I like a blue sky. <laughs> Everyone likes a blue sky, but I feel like these summer people, they just overdo it a little bit. Like It's just like, do you love the sun that much? I don't know. <laughs> I always, I've always go. found it a bit weird. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to go into our second music break, and I'll see you in about 10 minutes again. <laughs> The challenges that I face are becoming harder to embrace. As this world makes me his toy, there are limitations to what brings me joy. I am black, I am brown, I am white. I am worn, I am woman, broken and torn, played, used, I am a pawn. Everywhere I look, restriction compounds. Do's and don'ts roar, Inevitably, confliction resounds. Then, I remember. As his eyes gaze down and trace my every move, I find myself yearning to prove that I am worth more than my body and a face that appeases whatever disgusting fetish your senses crave. The color of my skin is not yours to take. Why do you gain pleasure in making me feel unsafe? My attire should never warrant this kind of 21st century hate. Can't you see? Can't you hear? I am disgraced and outraged. I brought you into this world. I continue to give you everything you deem you deserve. When will I be respected? When will my voice stop being rejected? Have you forgotten? I am the earth and the sun. 
the night consumes me as my soul and the moon merge into one. As I walk, the ground rumbles. Roar, I am woman, queen of this concrete jungle. The birds and the beasts make way with ease, taking comfort and nourishment from the river that flows down to my knees. Without my harvest, rain, resilience and pain, this world you've claimed is incapable of growth or change. I am more than what you give me credit for. I am mind and soul, intellect and clarity, boundless love, a rarity. I am wisdom and truth, silver and gold, the diamond you scrutinize and feel entitled to mold. My dear, don't forget that I can swallow you whole. However, the compassion that resides within me is worth more to my beautiful soul. Watching sunrise, feel like I like life. Mind free yet tormented. See so much unwise, have to close eyes. Minosaur, aren't yours? Only time I feel freedom when I'm outdoors like outlaws. I can't wait to live without laws. When humanity can manage it, when the globe can eat together but not savage it, when every demographic knows what happy is. When every demographic knows what happy is. When every demographic knows what happy is Now I'm sitting watching sunset I see the world undress Her problems from the day upon this golden doormat Thanks for the platform and know this for sure, Matt I've got you, my brother, and my new friends too I know sometimes I can be a kind of hyperactive youth But if you get to see that side of me, it's because I love you Open, no misdemeanors, let people touch you, it's easier Please find your vulnerability These hearts were born to intertwine and connect Not sit in neglect Natural balance, we gotta respect and accept Our not knowings, our shortcomings, our foregoings, our failures, our ignorances Because we're only here for a minute and trust me, you wanna be in it We're only here for a minute and trust me, you wanna be in it I used to be terrified of my own company then I got to know myself, turns out I'm quite cool My mind's kind of magic, but I like to play the fool My mind's kind of magic, I know I need to not waste it Can't accurately convey my concepts in these pages Even struggle on stages to articulate what I mean Because the way I perceive this whole reality dream is different Eight billion perspectives on every instant The way we perceive this whole reality dream is different Because there's eight billion perspectives on every instant What's yours? Does that take nice for you? Was that nice for you? Oh, that was nice oh, for me. God. That's what Mariah Carey feels like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
sound of the gravel under my shoes. They're uncertain crunch like eating. But there's nothing in my mouth. It's knowing that this isn't a path. Every stone and pebble looks different, but they also look the same. It's the heat-soaked surfaces that I just can't feel. My palms overpower the heat of these stones. They're small enough to fall through my fingertips. It's the trousers I can't fit into and the water that's always cold when first touch. It's the mirror that doesn't lie. It's my ever-changing cuticles and the welcome distraction from a fly or a message or a desire or lack of. It's the absence of a figure in a snow globe. It's there being no snow in the globe. It's a cup of water and I've flipped it over and now there's a mess on the floor. No mop and I didn't board, so there's only a square of blue roll left. And yep, right now, I need to go. I walk stealthily to the best room in the house. It's heavy and wet and I'll need more paper than this. It's the sound of the windowsill, alleyway, sky rats and stubby pink feet. saved my life There was a time when these words were my only healing When suicidal thoughts crept in these words told them not today kept them at bay There was a time when these words were my only sanctuary held the keys to my sanity locked in between these words that I put on pages and recited on stages that kept me away from minimum wages and slaving Kept me away from being like everyone else, caged in So I spent days in, wondering what the universe was like I'd pick up a piece of paper and I'd write Cause on these A4s I was able to be grateful Able to touch the heavens, the stars and the angels Don't ever underestimate the power of these words Poetry and rhyme, going with the times Flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just Poetry and rhyme, going with the times Flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just Write a verse, I gotta find the words Paint pictures in the sky, that's how fire works There's a line in my mind, I'm struggling to find that A sign that I'm bugging no spider verse Down in the darkness, I'm asking the artist To part in the artist's alarm in the path is dividing My mind is alive and I'm sure to my core That the cure is in writing Cause I'm offline on time, rhymes I got No heart on a beat, are you alive or not? I'm not right a lot, but I write a lot There's no place that flow, my home is a writer's block Poetry and rhyme Going with the times Flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just Poetry and rhyme, going with the times Flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just La pulma es tan poderosa que puede curar Pero también tan poderosa que puede causar un daño inmenso Ah, uh, I got a pen and I'm friends with him Let's begin to perfect the penmanship Extra dip, don't forget the chips Cause I'm all that stuff and the best at this We go ham like the exorcist Spin heads and connect with the ends I've invested in I wanna rock right now When a record spins, have the time of your life Don't think twice, don't question it Poetry and rhyme Going with the times 
flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just Poetry and rhyme, going with the times Flow like the ocean, mind stays open, I might just Vibe, vibe, vibe I commit to this earth like I'm walking with dinosaurs I write these verses and sonnets to vibe with the vibrant shores on the dark side of the moon where they have pink matter frankly oceans don't effroloid in space I'm growing up but still growing this ain't acting sun but I'm rowing no Mr Bean or Miss Vince the meaner my insta reach it keeps growing they're declining and I'm climbing redefining my mind I'm opening doors in my brain that ain't the same as before it was open and closed and now it's revolving I'll leave them dazed on this eve of evolving I am the problem and know you can't solve it I am the future I am the past I am the first and I will be the last Two, three, five, seven, but still not in my prime Eleven, eleven Aligned Alive Stairway to heaven writing lead on the line, see They call me Woodsy And this is poetry of mine Going with the times Flow like the ocean, my mind stays open. I might just vibe. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Mind Over Matter show. I'm Anna Sinski, I'm your host for today, and I'm here with Fisky, founder of Mind Over Matter, and yeah, yeah. our wonderful guest, Vicente. Hey. So, we're going to talk a bit more about creativity and mental health. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe tell us, Vicente, about mm. how you feel your mental health experiences have influenced your creativity. What do you feel is the link between the two for you? Well, that's, that's a broad question. But that's uh, a really huge question, yeah, I know. Huge <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> but, <Take your> time. <laughs> but I'd say that... Um, of course, it, it, it is, is related. I mean, I think it comes from the same place. Um, it's just how you associate things in it, like how you um, put your thoughts in order, you know, you know, to, to create something. Um, um, mental health. So, um, for example, I feel like um, when I was young, when I was younger, I'd say. Um, you're still very young. Yeah, that's why I said younger. But relationships with people really played um, a huge component in my in my in my work, because in my relationship relationships with people, I found very intense emotions that I hadn't experienced before. So I I I, I think you know heartbreak was a a huge thing back when I was a teenager and in my 20s because I didn't know how to how to manage how mm -hmm. to manage the heartbreak wanting something that you can have and that you love passionately you know and suddenly you you have a heartbroken and you have to deal with it so makes great poetry though yeah. <laughs> that's the foundation of art <laughs> <laughs> that is that is it <laughs> and so I feel like that's how it started really <coughs> getting my writing flowing towards something that I couldn't really explain, but it was kind of like sensations in writing, kind, kind of. Um, and it really helped me develop a very kind of like prose poetry writing. That's, that's 
kind of like what I do mainly, even if it's a play, I kind of like write in prose poetry. If it's like micro, micro stories, it's always kind of like that. Um, let's say that the writing kind of like deviates into sensations. It's not a fact, it's how do I see it uh, with my eyes? How do I experience, for example, falling in love with you? It's not just I fell in love with you, it's, it's uh, metaphors is how does it feel like to fall in love with you, right? Mm. Um, and after what I told, I told you about the uh, panic attacks and stuff, I really got into how my mind processes things. How is the thought process of an actor, of a, you know, of a performer, but also in my life, like how do I process things? How, how is it that I can be present in a room, but my mind is somewhere else and how do I do those links so I got really interested in that and I think that the last pieces that I've been working on are very much into um, into that into the traveling mind you know what I mean do you feel like it's helped you understand yourself by creating things of course 100% um, and it's, a, it's an exercise for me when I work when I work on pieces that talk about, like last one, for example, in February, I was doing a work in progress called Do You Love Me Now? And it was about the personalization, not knowing who you are um, in a very deep uh, stage of depression in which you uh, can't relate to, to yourself, to your own body. You look at yourself in the mirror and you don't know who you are. You know, you, mm. you're like a shapeshifter. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> depending who you are uh, with so you kind of like change or you believe you change or you believe you're another person you believe you're in a different you know like depending on other people that you're exactly. with exactly it's yeah. like they, they influence how you shift you know you it's ex it can be exhausting can't it there, yeah. was, there was one point when I was I had sort of I've got a lot of different groups of friends mm. but there was one point like you said I noticed I was being different with every single group I was like this is exhausting <laughs> Well, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, where's the real me? Yeah, well, I think I, I think it was um, what's the poet's name? Famous from eighteen hundreds. Really bad. Can't remember his name. I have no idea what you're but talking about. He said, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, Sorry, no, no, I'm going to give you a quote. I'm going to give you a quote. Here, Oscar Wilde. Uh, I, th I think it was him. I think it was him. I might be misquoting him, mm -hmm. but he said, um, uh, what was he say? There's a quote coming. Don't worry. Be yourself because everyone else is taken. And that, re that really like that resonated powerful. with yeah. me. It's so true, Very isn't it? inspiring. Mm. Mm. Good old Oscar. <laughs> I think it was him. <laughs> you know, I was also wondering, for you specifically, Vicente, because you're a theater practitioner, I wonder how you feel creating plays and being an actor helps mental health or how you feel that specific modality of art is related to mental health. Um, they're different things, I think. As a performer, you are mainly getting into somebody else's uh, situation, mind, body, whatever you want to say it is, but you kind of like getting into other people's shoes. So, and normally it's written by another person. So it's written by another person. You normally have a director that is directing you uh, and he's, he's probably had, or that person has normally 
their own issues. So kind of like, <laughs> it's like everybody. There's no getting away from it. It's like everybody have their own issues, Everyone has and issues. then you are there um, playing this character, and I feel like the fact that you have to concentrate into a performer and really listen to um, to you know to your colleagues, to your other actors. Um, to really play that part, like really, you really have to trick yourself into thinking that you are that person, you know. It's, and it's a really good exercise of empathy and an embodiment, you know. Um, you become, in a way, you become another person. You 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 exercise how that person would move, and that triggers your mind as well. It triggers the way you you talk, the way you you think. Because at the end, I think you think like the per like the character as well. Mm. That you've got that thought process uh, as the character, you know. Um, you can see that prob probably like in Shakespeare. Uh, in Shakespeare, you've got the thought process spoken, you know. In the apart, for, for example, people in Shakespeare talk their thoughts. And you can see the thought process that they're having. They're saying, because I love this person, and then I want to do this and that, and mm. then I'll probably kill this person. <laughs> so you kind of like, you're like listening to that thought process. And that helps the audience as well, exercising that empathy. Mm. It's, quite a, it's quite a skill to do that. Yeah, to like embody someone else is interesting. Yeah. And I'm also thinking that that could give you a very different perspective on your problems. Yeah. Do, you, do you think, like, on the flip side, there's there's an element of escapism about it? Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely know yourself better by impersonating other other characters, but there's an escapism there. Of course, you, mm. you need to pay attention to yourself first. That's why I think in in the majority of drama school, everybody starts by listening to themselves. So probably the first year of school, what you do is. Um, kind of like emptying yourself, kind of like knowing yourself first and then yeah. emptying yourself to become an empty vessel for the characters, mm. you know? Um, but you need to know yourself. Um, but I guess it, it depends on how you overtake the task of impersonating somebody. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a skill in itself. Yeah. Mm. So out of all the different creative things that you do, Vicente, which one would you say is like the modality that helps you the most? when you experience mental health problems like depression yeah. or anxiety? I, uh, I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is singing. <laughs> it's really funny because when I've been like, um, even like when you're heartbroken or something happens to you and you, you don't know what to do, you sing about it. Like, I think the exercise of putting air through your body and pushing it away from you and making a sound and the vibrations of it and like uh, there's, uh, there's uh, the whole act of singing I think is very therapeutic <laughs> yeah that's a really interesting observation you know I take singing lessons uh, from my other wonderful friend Honor <laughs> so shout out to Honor here <laughs> and uh, every time when we'd have a lesson I always found something very therapeutic in it I think half of it is kind of the endorphins coming out you know out of singing just like with exercise yeah. But I think some of it is also expressing feelings, but in a more bodily way. It's more vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because when you're writing, you're writing for yourself uh, at the beginning. But when singing, you sing and people are going to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes when you're uh, 
in order to write, you need to have some kind of concept of what you feel or what you want to express. But if you're going to sing a song that uh, is not your song, you're just singing to express it, it kind of takes you uh, to a more primal level. <laughs> yes. And again, I, thi I think it's an exercise of how do I express things that is not my feeling, but I'm going to express it. I'm going to be uh, sufficiently vulnerable for this song to go through. takes a lot of courage in a way to sing a song for example that talks about a very shit serious thing or is a sad song even a very very happy song takes courage to really put yourself out there mm. and express i'm happy now you know what i mean so I think, you know, another really interesting question that we had last time, and I'd love to ask uh, you about this as well, Vicente, and get your perspective, is what is something positive that came out of your negative mental health experiences? So out of all the like anxiety you mentioned, the depression you mentioned, or anything else, what is a positive outcome of that for you? I think it's difficult because when you are really in that loophole of... of you know, darkness in a way, and you just like, you can't see anything else. And you like, kind of like becomes a flat thing. It's really difficult to come out of that and, and see yourself from another perspective. And I think that's the thing is, somehow you need to get out of yourself to see yourself. Maybe sometimes people around you help you see yourself through the eyes of other people. You can see, oh my God, is that me? Um, and then, I'd say that um, it would be a really nice ability to have. I'm trying to like practice this, but change those negative thoughts, those negative feelings and energy into a positive one, but coming from oneself. So how, okay, I'm, I'm sad at the moment, um, and I'm full of this energy, and it's energy anyways, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's sad or if it's um, happy energy, it's energy. And I think you can shape that energy and use it for your advantage, you know? And uh, it's all about how you relate to others. How are you going to uh, place yourself in the world, you know? Like, am I going to use the bad energy or am I going to use the, the good energy? You can choose. Mm. But I think we sometimes <coughs> are, we tend to use one other depending on our circumstances and how we've been raised, this and that, you know? Well, I think it's possible to choose one or the other. So right now I'm kind of like practi practicing using the good energy. And even if I have bad energy, you know, change it into a good one. And what do you feel helps you shift energy? Um, I think... Uh, I think having purpose as well like having something i think we all have something if we really look deep in us we know that there's something that we want to transmit or express or, or, or connect or trans or, or something that we want to kind of like transcend into a, 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 a more real and tangible space um but it's a really big question that yeah it is i mean one thing that comes to my mind is movement you know, movement automatically shifts energy. Mm. <laughs> like on, again, like on that primal level, if you don't know what you're feeling, you're just feeling energy. Mm. 
if you if you're not feeling very creative i feel like movement then really helps as well mm. i think doing just yeah. doing uh when you do you forget about uh what you were thinking about it really you just do and you connect by doing as well your body becomes your brain there's this amazing poem um, on the YouTube channel of Button Poetry, and it's called This Is Not the End of the World. And there's a line in there where this guy talks about thoughts, and he says that thoughts only gave me more thoughts. It's a currency that only buys more currency. So if you're stuck in your thoughts, the only thing to do is to stop thinking and start doing. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> that was a bar. Yeah, currency that only gets more currency. It's one of my favorite poems, but I don't remember the poet. I think it's Neil, Neil something, but the, the poem is called This Is Not the End of the World. That's beautiful. Yeah. So before we go into our next music section, we're just going to answer, um, I think, a really interesting question that we got from the audience about what do you think is a relevant topic to create art about these days? Oh, wow. There's <laughs> <laughs> some big questions today. <laughs> I'd say coronavirus. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, I think, <clears throat> um, you know, the thing is that they are relevant issues and relevant themes, but also they become very hideous because of everybody doing them. Mm. And so I'd say climate change is being quite a, a theme, mental health as well, because um, we, we kind of like understanding each other in a deeper level. So we need those things to appear. Um, uh, climate change, I said. And I feel like the way we live, you know, the way we're living at the moment, like, um, are we going in the right direction as a, as a, as a collective, as a, you know? Yeah. Or are we taking the wrong decisions? Not just for, like, climate change and stuff like that, but also, like, politics and the way we we uh, connect with other cultures and other people. Mm. Um, we really need to um, review our values, I think. Yeah, a theme that comes to my mind is questioning, questioning our way of life on a lot of different levels. Mm. What do you think, Fisker? I think Trump not being president anymore is definitely, <laughs> definitely going in the right direction. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an important thing to write about. <laughs> 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 but then again, like he sort of like he, um, if I watched the Joe Rogan podcast quite a lot when he has like comedians on there, and a lot of comedians said Trump has ruined comedy because you can't <laughs> like he's such a parody of himself that it's not even funny anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think like I think all the all the normal themes still apply to be honest. Like obviously with lockdown, isolation, mental health. Um, climate change, like you said, but everything else, just how you feel every day, that's still there, isn't it? Yeah, of course. There's always like the bigger issues and then the more personal experiences that make us human. Yeah, I think isolate like throughout lockdown, isolation was a big thing because a lot of people hadn't experienced it on that level before. I was sort of about a week into it, I was like, 95% of my life is still the same. <laughs> like, not much has changed. Um, but yeah, I think isolation definitely is. Like, we did a challenge, isolation and I, didn't we? Yeah. The beginning of the lockdown. I think that helped people, man. So just, my whole thing is just write what you feel. Wh whatever's going on, mm -hmm. just write what you feel about whatever's going on or just something completely different. Just write what you feel. And with that great piece of advice from Fisky, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into our next music section. Enjoy.
Pressed a button and the world flipped Cause I don't understand how hard this shit is even working People don't matter It's money over morals on the daily Have you even seen the shit that they've been pulling on us lately? Grenfell burned because they saved themselves a few quid Is it manslaughter? Are they murdering these poor kids? And do you know how I know that they don't care? They use this cladding elsewhere and it's still there 
Ready to destroy lives as long as there's a profit Burn a whole family, there's nothing there to stop it Destroy a whole community and turn the other cheek Cause they know the new cycle's gonna drop it in a week Man. The motherfucking lies, man They tell them every day and it ain't even been disguised, man They don't give a fuck about your future They could've helped your whole life, but they fucking abused ya Taught you not to think, so they don't answer questions Taught you not to cause a fuss, cause they don't want dimensions Create imaginary monsters, come to take your soul Called them immigrants and then they call for coals We're all just fucking humans trying to make it on this planet They judge you by your skin colour and I don't understand it They got you zoomed in on the wrong fucking picture Cause the poor keep getting poorer and the rich keep getting richer So dumb cause I flew too close to the sun like Icarus, I'm sick of this New suggestion, maybe get protection, just a little distance From the main thing that's been causing your depression Cause all the matters that are pressing Down on your heart it still beats, that's a blessing But something got a hold of it, tight grip like the fist I've been clenching Thirst for stability needs quenching and all the rejection I've been drenched in Still I'ma rise above it Sun burns bright, raise my hands to touch it Like that bird that was birthed from its burns and nothing Forced Phoenix philosophy onto me, no prodigy I'm not bitter B I'm just trying to be a better me Just trying to be a better me And I wish I had a choice To drown out all the noise The memories I hold are like poison My voice gone I scream, I shout, no joy from Self-attained misery, mystery and bursting capillaries Like I'm purposely meant to feel Anything to be alive, what a life What a life indeed 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 What a life what a life indeed Can't figure out for the life of me How I'm so high when I feel so low Guess that I didn't die in my sleep I'm grateful that I am alive Lord knows how many times I picked up a knife Been so low that I couldn't see anything Blind to the fact that I'm blessed with life I never saw light All I saw was the dark in my room When I went outside I only looked down I never saw eyes but I saw my shoes My legs moved but I never moved forward I just moved in reverse Tried to take my life many times But it's my dad I saw in a hearse yeah. They say I look like him Sometimes I wish I didn't I don't want to look like him Wish I looked different I guess that's life They say my life is blessed Shit, I hope they're right Soon I'll get through It's just all 
surviving off of peppermint tea, the yin and the yang, the feeling of forced to stay distanced physically. Through and through, we're socially displaced, dislodged. This feeling of isolation is aloof. We are dislodged, but above we have roots. One thing I have is a body, a consciousness. In this reality, my consciousness wouldn't be without my body. So I, I feel confused sometimes, more than confused sometimes. Abused by this government, we are sharing and stating the frequency of which we are vibrating. I'm happy to exist in this abyss of time, this time we align. I can tell you that times I go to bed are late. I am fucking tired. What I love is creating on both sides. I took time off the timeline because the trauma from the beginning of black history's timeline until this moment in time, I can't seem to make sense. But what do I do? I burn my incense and I pray and I take time away from the timeline. Times have changed. I'm in the UK but wanna be in Saint-Tropez But I lost my passport I'm on the other side of the moon with my view That life is a challenge for you to come through With positive news And nurture the brain that can leave you confused I believe in balance The yin and the yang The good and the bad The binary The colour in between But all we need We need the light within Our detachment is needed And things need to be expressed So speak this with your chest Divinely channel your light And exist in the sadness And exist in the happiness No matter what Everything You are matter But what is it to be? To be is to exist until you can live You will live again You will love again You will see your friends Imagine the vibes until then (laughs) Can you vibe with us, child? Hello, hello. Welcome to the Mind Over Matter show. I'm Anasinski, your host for today, and I'm here with Fisky. Yay. And our guest, Vicente. Hello. So the music you just heard, that was Red Medusa, The Rabble, Nomfoam, and Amalia, The Alchemist. And just to let you guys know, uh, all the artists that we've been playing are on our Instagram. So in our last post, you can see one by one every single artist that we have played for you today. So please go follow them and show your support and check out their amazing work. And in this last section of our show today, um, we are going to share some poetry with you. But before we do that, we w- we're just going to talk a little bit about the lockdown and how that has influenced our mental health and our creativity. Sorry, I, I zoned out then. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading my poem for later. Uh, so. uh, the question <laughs> is, <laughs> how did the lockdown influence your mental health and creativity? Because obviously we're in lockdown again. Do you want to take this one? DM lockdown. You go first. Um, well, th- uh, let's kind of like come back to the first uh, lockdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I started doing a lot of things just because I didn't want to uh, not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I think I started doing a lot of like uh, going going out when I could uh, to do some workout, um, get some fresh air. And then creatively, um, I was writing. So I had kind of like different stages in my lockdown. 
I started writing, then I started uh, composing music as well. And I, I think, yeah, and, and then I started kind of like studying workshops and like doing workshops and stuff like online. Um, and what I'm doing in my lockdown mainly is kind of like researching um, at the moment and working in a new piece that I'm doing. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm doing. So it sounds like you've been a lot more creative or like you've had a lot of creative energy in lockdown. <coughs> I had to. Otherwise, I would have been, you know, nuts right now. <laughs> yeah, good point. I feel like for me, the, the thing that in lockdown, I tried writing workshops, like attending a lot of writing workshops. And I've never really done that before, like poetry writing workshops. And that's been quite inspiring for me because I don't know, I just I never had the motivation to attend these workshops. But now they're all online and I was like, yeah, I might as well. And some interesting stuff came out of that kind of forced me to try something I'm not sure I would have tried otherwise. It's weird that like how everything now is online um, and I've got a, a huge problem with that because you know I come from a, a, a theatre background and it's like I, I really need that live um, yeah. uh, you know performance thing and uh, all of the theatre online I just don't like I, I don't like looking at a it's not the screen. It's not the same is it? It's not the same uh, and I guess we, we kind of like do everything by Zoom, so it's not even special anymore, you know, because you're like having conversations with a lot of people online too. So yeah, that's what I like kind of like I'm working at the moment how to create a performance space, a performative space online that is not like Zoom or like Skype or stuff like that, but it really has a, a, a component of presence, you know, of being some somewhere else mm. with people. I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Same as like poetry events. Obviously, they're very different online, right? Yeah, I mean, like we started doing online stuff. We had to, like everyone, the whole scene went online. Um, and in the beginning, it was really, it was exciting it was and new. new. And like, it was just good fun. But then I found, like probably about uh, three months into it, it was just, it's exhausting, I find. I find it hard to concentrate. Um, anyway, just in general. Um it was just, it was difficult, man, because you see all these people that you love and they're doing brilliant poetry, but it's so hard to, to stay focused. Do you know what I mean? For me personally, and I think a few other people felt the same. But um, we, s we stopped doing them for a bit because we actually did one in, in real life before right lockdown before kicked lockdown. in, yeah. Which was nice to be in a room with people again. Again, it wasn't the same as it used to be, but um, nothing is at the moment, is it? Just kind of making the most out of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... It's it's good, like, because people definitely needed it. I needed it in the beginning, but like you said, it's a bit. It's it's not the same as being in the room and hearing the clicking, because especially on Zoom, everyone's muted, so there's no there's no reaction. Right, do you know what I mean? Right. Until until you unmute yeah. everyone, yeah. you feel like you're just talking to yourself, and then it's very awkward. Yeah, because a lot a lot of people at the beginning are like, "Can you hear me? Can you hear?" Me? And everyone's muted, so no one can say yes. Everyone's just like <laughs> like waving and stuff. But um, I thought I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's, it's got nothing on, on live events or theatre performance spaces. Mm. I was even talking with a friend the other day about how visual we've become, you know, like how everything is about, yeah, what we see, what we watch, you know, in our phones, our presence is just through our eyes, you know, it's kind of like travelling through our eyes and it's so not, in, you know, it's interesting, of course, 
but I'm missing the other senses, you know? Yeah, it's like they've just been taken away, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the senses thing again. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Just overnight, it was like, nope, not having any more of that. <laughs> just watch stuff for the next year. And I think something that people have struggled a lot in lockdown with, obviously, is isolation and loneliness. And that brings me to Fisky's poem. That what a link. She's so us. good, isn't she? She's yeah. so good. Let's have a round of applause for Anna Sinsky, oh, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, she is good. yeah, this is uh, my favorite poem by Fisky, by the way, guys. I think it captures the feeling of isolation and how, like, how deep it can run in us. And actually, I think you wrote that before the lockdown, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, isolation yeah. is nothing new to me for many different yeah. reasons that I'm not going to yeah. bore everyone with. Yeah. But I um, think it's a very beautiful poem, so enjoy it, guys. Yeah, I'm going to do a poem at you. Um, this is also on my album that's coming out at some point when I can afford to get it finished, called Cheaper Than Therapy, which will be out. I'm aiming for March next year. Yes, and, and there's a meditation by me on the album. Yes, there is. There's loads of people on it. It's such a good album. Like It is really, it really is a good album. You should definitely buy it when it comes out. Yes. Anyway, here's a poem. Isolation and I, we're friends. Used to be best mates. Been on off since 16, but he's been back in my life of late. The only one who really knows me. The only one who's been there at the lowest points and highs. Shared lines, beers and joints. Spent so much time, he's reflected in my eyes. Look closely. You can see. When no one has answers, you stop asking questions. Some things a, book, a textbook can't fix. The world doesn't make sense. It makes me want to hide, stay inside. When someone, else, when someone offers help, I still say I'm fine. Weeks of isolation to perform in front of crowds. Panic attacks mid-poem. They think it's Fisky just playing around. Not knowing my heart feels like it's about to explode. Mind racing, thinking about all the drugs that I've taken. Early mornings, face placed in the basin. Effects on my body and why my mind's shaking. Isolation till my mind is actually aching. Broken and broke, hopeful but hope won't pay rent. I can't work a job I hate where I have to be fake. I was someone else for so long. This mask you can take. Sometimes we just wait. Bear the weight. Plans in motion but standing still for now. Stay still. Stay still. Still, where there's a will, the way will be clear. Old ways, the heads rear, remembering that day you broke. Looking at that spot on the floor, the same room, the same mirror, you didn't recognize your face. So many times you answered the phone to death. Sometimes a text or a Facebook message sent. The heights you've reached since, the lows have followed. Sometimes I wish the ground I walk on was level just once. Messages get no response, so you stop sending them. The picture they, this picture they imagine but don't paint. Don't say your inbox is open if it ain't. Everyone's too busy until it's too late. Put others first because second place feels safe. Drinking drugs on my mind, too much time to think. Can't unsee things in my mind, see them when I sleep, when I blink. So I stay awake, thinking about drinking. The only reason I don't is because I can't afford to delve in. An idle mind invites the devil in. All it brings is pity to revel in. It's hard to differentiate, so sometimes we just wait. Use the space. Create. That's it. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? So powerful. Thanks. Very powerful. Yeah. I like that. That's like, I haven't performed for so long, man. Yeah. It makes me feel good. It's therapy. Mm, no matter what anyone says. And I think a lot of people are definitely going to relate to that. It's so mm. good to share, you know, like, 
Yeah. It connects you and it makes you feel so much better. Yeah, I think I think that's what is that's what is so different about the online stuff is that that isn't there. So even just sitting in a room here with you two made me feel it's made me feel different to when I came in earlier. Shifting energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah Shifting that it. energy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do a poem as well. And this is a poem that I wrote about grief. And it's a poem about my experience of bulimia as well. And about how it can sometimes feel to eat your feelings associated with grief. So this poem is called Hunger. I eat my sadness like a packet of crisps. And I drown my grief in memories of your freshly baked bread. So that cutting through these slices, these feelings, I can just feel numb instead. My loneliness tastes a lot like pizza, covered in garlic sauce. And my anxiety crumbles somewhere around that third slice. Sometimes my loneliness tastes a lot like a burger and sweet potato fries. And that anxiety crumbles somewhere around that third bite. Losing you tastes a lot like morning porridge and hospital food and organic food and fresh carrot juice and all the things that remind me of you, a fucked up combination, memories of food that make up a constellation of losing and finding these feelings. My regrets taste a lot like cheap delivery food, the kind that sucks you into the couch so these thoughts can disappear. And somewhere in that gap between that dripping grease and my fear, I can stop going over all the things I never said. Our last conversation tastes a lot like my favorite chocolate, or maybe memories of the peachy crumbles you used to bake. And it melts in my mouth like a rainfall of whispery hope that promises to make thoughts unthinkable. My vivid dreams taste like anything that fills that space between this vivid dream and the next. Anything that drowns the feeling of that last text, I still can't look at. Losing you was the most insatiable hunger I've come to know. Thank you. We need a clicking track or like an applause yeah. track. <laughs> For next time. <laughs> so yeah, that was from me. So thank you for listening. And now our wonderful guest Vicente will do a short poem. And I just want to kind of give a bit of background to this poem because Vicente came and did my poetry writing workshop on Monday, which is also like a therapeutic workshop. And we did this exercise where we did a free write and then we looked at the theme that emerged from that free writing exercise. And for Vicente, that was codependence. And then we wrote poetry about that theme. And I think this short poem that he wrote in like a minute, it seriously like describes the feeling of codependence so perfectly in just a few simple lines. Um, so I really, really love it. And I have kind of forced him to do this poem today, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> because he was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. But guys, I think it's brilliant. I think for anyone that you know understands that feeling of, of codependency, you will really relate to it. And um, just to let you guys know, the workshop is every single Monday at 7 p.m. UK time. So join us tomorrow. And you just all you have to do is email mindovermatterconnect at gmail.com. And then we'll send you a Zoom link. Yes. Yes, so that takes us to this wonderful poem. Nowhere to write my name but in your hands. Make it a stroke or a slap, but I beg for the care of the stars as they look after us. Please come and stay for a while until I'm ready to leave. 
We love it. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for talking to us today, Vicente. I think this, this was a very inspiring conversation. Yeah, I've me. really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank it has definitely shifted that energy. That's brilliant. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. it, it has. You saw exactly. the mood I was in when, when everyone turned yeah. up today. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's worked. Exactly. It helps. Talking helps so much, man. In yeah. any in any sort of in any way. Yeah. So thank you guys for uh, listening to all of this. And as I said, please follow all the artists that we have linked on our last Instagram post so that you can listen to their wonderful poetry and music. And remember that this show is every third Sunday of the month. So we'll see you in December again. Yes, and also just to end, um, if you go to our website, mindovermatterldn.com, uh, we do have merchandise, hoodies, jumpers, t-shirts, which you can order from the site if you would like to support us and what we are doing. Um, I think that's it, really. I think that's all we, we have to say for today. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? I hope you've all enjoyed listening. We've had fun, haven't we? A lot. I had fun. Yeah, yeah. definitely. thought it was really good. Um, well, what else have we got? Connect tomorrow. You yeah, said that, connect tomorrow. And for our next show, please send us your tracks again. We're always looking to promote. Yes. Rappers, anyone, singers, poets, grime, yeah. we love it all. Just send send an MP3 or Spotify link to mindovermatterdigital at gmail.com um, so we can support what you're doing and play your music. Yeah. And subscribe to our YouTube channel because yes. that's very important to us. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Let me explain that a little bit. Yeah. It's not. I know everyone always goes on about subscribe this and subscribe that, but uh, we need to hit a thousand followers on YouTube and... It is, I think, like, I haven't seen a YouTube channel like it. I'm not saying that just because it's, it's my event and my company. But it's got so many performances on there. Like, if you're looking for poetry or hip-hop, it's got, like, UK hip-hop legends on there. Um, poetry legends. So everything we've ever done since 2017 is on there. So just go and have a look. And if you like it, please do subscribe because YouTube won't let us monetize anything until we hit 1,000 followers. This is why people ask stuff. Like, p please subscribe and all that because these the sites put stuff in the way for you for that you have to hit before you can sort of move up to the next level. And for a small organization like us, it really does help. So, yeah. yeah. So, we're not just saying this because we're narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just that, anyway. <laughs> no, it really, all the little things really do help, especially at the moment. So, yes, thank you all for listening. Um, I think that's it. We're going to play some music. We have got coming up. In about five seconds time, we're going to we play you out with... Shady featuring Faisal Salah. Yes. And then we have Mina West. Shady, Mina West, and ending with Scrabble featuring C.W. Jones. Yes. Have a wonderful Sunday. Take care. Bye. And still we rise. From the darkest of nights till we see the morning sky We done been through the pain, we wipe the tears from our eyes Oh, we try to get by Hey, we try We were broke, but mum ensured you couldn't tell Only child always playing on my speaking spell Middle Eastern woman, nah, they never seeking help it was us, a young mum with her little girl Thought in English, prayed in Arabic Spoke Farsi, London is the narrative Big city, tall buildings intimidate But when you're speaking true facts, it's always carry weight 
pronounce my keys when speaking to establishments and drop them when I leave too heavy to be carrying benefits, evictions, a system try to bring you down but you've mastered resistance writing poems and stories so I escape the real to feeling moments of glory when I step up to kill the mic on the daily, how many do we rip? you remember the score baby, it's that epic shit Hard to handle, working over time so you cover every angle. Bills and payments, thoughts were playing through your head. Lots of worry got you paralyzed up in your bed. Never arrogant, all for empowerment. Keep yourself humble and light, for it's embarrassing. What good is doing good if you expect to return? And forgive them when you can, cause that hatred can burn. Working hard and always grinding to improve my craft. Wanna make hip hop where the essence lasts. Throw away tunes just to be top of the chart. How can I ask for you to hear to only give you heart? Never given up, woman, you resilient. Wipe a few tears, tell the mirror you are brilliant. They tell us it'll come that we gotta visualize. But if it doesn't, it doesn't matter, cause still we Sometimes it's okay for a woman to be seen and not heard. But you see, choosing to be silent in a pollution of noise is not a natural gift I possess. 
stressed by this power struggle. We fall in line to battle every time we align into that position of submission, expecting no action from women when we are coming in different shapes and sizes to just be seen as prizes in the eyes of guys who stare mesmerized by our beauty. But understand we are more than just our looks or our stereotypical household womanly duties when we speak. When we speak, we should be heard, not disrespected or merely seen just as cute. So it gives you an excuse to put us on mute. We are strong. So we fight to ignite our unity. We fight to be seen as equal because this world has been calling men first and women simply their sequel. But please recall that the evidence of your birth always starts with a woman first on this earth. She carries life. Still woman's name never carries, so in my legacy may it stand, in our legacy may we stand, may we stand, may we stand, in our legacy may we stand. I see women, when you feel that God-given power, that sense of intuition, please don't treat it like it's meaningless or pointless superstition. It's honestly admission to a new level, a new position to make an impact, make a change, and it starts with us, accepting ourselves, Rejecting the old rule books and the mainstream's media choice for the ideal look. Every curve, bump and wrinkle, hourglass figure or not, loving our body and loving our skin is a win our legacy will live in. So in my legacy may it stand, in our legacy may we stand, may we stand, may we stand, in our legacy may we stand. In my legacy, may I not be overthrown and only shown in the shadow of a man. May we stand side by side, lifted high, holded hands, pushing each other to be greater than can dream. Boundaries and obstacles being never as hard as it seems. So when he says, when he says sometimes it's okay for a woman to be seen and not heard, I say, sometimes it's okay for a woman to jump up and achieve. Believe in themselves against all odds, they grow to the top, never stop, persevere. Even when they live in fear, their ambitions are clear. Her legacy will be ongoing, her legacy will keep on showing and her name not unknowing. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes she leaves a legacy too. Teeth, crunch vocab to jagged speech, package these bars up as shattered dreams. Just a slab of meat trapped in a tractor beam, a tough luck despite a sack full of rabbit feet. Another flagging fleet, up shit's rapid creek, trying to form a makeshift paddle out of bad beliefs. Now my galleon has sprang a leak, gallons breach, here I come aquatic deeps, waving to the placid beach. Faith's massive leap, didn't factor in the gravitas, a gravity can crash at a savage speed. Hear the planet scream as man manhandles fragile peace. So seeds of evil marked as magic beans. And the boughs and leaves of the tangled trees grow forbidden fruit. Twisted root thrives in the arid heat. Remain passive, please, to the tragic pleas of the earth as we work to undo all this majesty. I find solace in the wastelands. I sit back with the aircrams, dears, bands, and I lose sight of you. Take care with the planet that you're living on. 
Offer out a hand to the man that you feeling strong Build a bond, you will feel fine Just a minute on, sing along, sing along The way to hell and do I find ways to believe in A bright place Find peace in my soul when I lay away Every grey and drab paving slab To grace the map tells a tale of the failings of the race A man straight from the maker's plan Made our bed and defecated in the chamber pan Decimated sacred land On our last legs, trying to make a stand And save a place laid to waste by our hateful hands Find solace when you face the facts Your hurts a grain of sand In a desert full of painful pangs Mother nature hangs from a man-made noose And we gather round, clamour into view See, man is consumed by an arrogant view that the earth's like our birthright to have an abuse Frog marching our battered and bruised Planet to doom as it suffocates encased in the granite cocoon And now man is marooned Stranded on a damaged balloon Floating through the blank galactical gloom I find solace in the wastelands I sit back with the eggrams There's man's and I lose sight of you Take care with the planet that you're living on Offer out a hand to the man that you feel is strong Build a bond, you will feel fine Just a minute on, sing along, sing along The way to hell and do I find ways to believe in A bright place Find peace in my soul when I lay away Oh.